Studio on Broadway for Tuesday, January 15th, 2019. I am Broadway World's Matt Tamanini. And I am Broadway star's James Marino. James, we have done it again. We are recording for the second time in a single calendar day, and yet I am a thousand miles away from where we recorded the first time. Did you decide to go south or north? <laughs> it's too freaking cold to go north, man. I it am, could go I, west I, or east, I guess. So east would put you in the middle of the ocean. Yeah, tough. not yeah. No, I mean, I could go north enough to like circumnavigate the globe to come back, but that would need more than a thousand miles. So I am a thousand miles back south uh, at my desk in uh, sunny, well, not sunny right now, but uh, much warmer climate of Central Florida. Excellent. Excellent. Uh, you landed that plane well. I did. It was uh, a little touch and go there for a minute, but I uh, pulled back the throttle and uh, made sure all of my instruments were correctly navigating towards the horizon, and uh, we landed safely. That's right. Nose up, flaps down, maintain your airspeed. You're all good to go. Captain over, under. <laughs> Don't call me Shirley. Shirley. All right. First up in the news, speaking of uh, films, uh, Steven Spielberg announces a West Side Story casting. Yeah, James, he did. And there's a lot of really cool Broadway connections in the mix. But the biggest news is not a Broadway person. And that is the fact that the legendary director has cast a 17-year-old high school student from New Jersey as Maria. Following an exhaustive nationwide search, we've talked about rumors of some stars doing the, sh the, the part at different times, but they decided to go with an unknown, and her name is Rachel Zegler. And while she might not be a household name, James, she is fairly well known in certain circles. She's actually opened uh, for Mandy Gonzalez and concerts before and has quite the social media following with over 82,000 subscribers on YouTube, another 48,000 on Instagram, and 27K on Twitter. She, of I think course, those will will double by tomorrow. I know. I, I imagine they've gone up a little bit since this was announced, since I got them in the evening. But uh, she's she's fairly well known, I am assured, by the Utes in my life. Um, she, of course, will play opposite the previously announced Ansel Elgort, who will be Tony. We will have a link to a bunch of videos of her because she does have so many YouTube subscribers. She has a ton of YouTube videos. Um, so you can check out uh, her performing a bunch of different show tunes and things like that. She also has a video of her doing the final monologue from West Side Story as Maria. So maybe get a little bit of an idea as to what we're going to see on the big screen here at some point in the near future. Okay, so that's the big part. That's Maria. But the rest of the announcements that came out yesterday were all Broadway or Broadway National Tour folks. The biggest one was the announcement that Tony nominee Ariana DeBose will be playing Anita. Uh, and then one third of the Tony winning Billy Elliot triumvirate David Alvarez will play Bernardo. And Josh Andreas Rivera, a former Hamilton Tour ensemble member and standby, will play Chino. This is all in addition to the legendary Rita Moreno playing a reimagined version of Doc. Uh, so the major roles that we are still waiting for, if I'm recalling my West Side Story cast list correctly, James, are Riff, uh, Anybody's, uh, Officer Krupke. Um, I personally would think it would be great if Sean Astin played Gladhand, uh, but, you know, we'll see about that. Um, so it looks like we're moving forward fairly well here, James. It looks like things are getting close to be to be able to shoot maybe in the spring and the summer. Yeah, I, I you know. Who who can we dreamcast? Is these uh, riff anybody's Krupke? You know, uh... I, 
I would take I would take a reimagined version of Riff and let Amber Tamblin do it. Oh yeah. That's I mean, interesting. If I've got Sean Astin recreating the role that his dad played in the uh, original movie as Gladhand, I think Amber Tamblin needs to be in there. If we're already reimagining characters and flipping their genders with Rita Moreno and Doc, let's get Amber Tamblin in there. I'm sure she can do all of those moves that her dad did in the original movie. <laughs> well, it looks like uh, we talked uh, for a few minutes on this week on Broadway on Sunday at BroadwayCon about uh... – whether or not we're going to need to tranquilize Michael Portantier as this uh, as this West Side Story progresses, but uh, I, I have a feeling that this one's going to be less draining on Michael than Evo Van Hova's Broadway revival. I feel like that one's going to be the one that's really going to test mm. his sanity. Okay. <laughs> All right. What's uh, next up in the news? We have what the Constitution means to me confirms your Broadway plans. Now, oh, you know about the West Side Stories. Did you hint at the Ariana DeBose thing last week? I, I wasn't sure if you did or not. If I, yes, yes, absolutely I did. If I did, I'm sure it was not an accident. No, I don't, I didn't mean to. I didn't know anything about this. Um, uh, you said that somebody, the bullet was doing something Oh, I thought she was going to. I just assumed when uh, what we, what, we were, what that was was when um, summer closed. I oh, thought that because yeah. um, Lexi Lawson had recently left um, Hamilton and Mandy Gonzalez has been in the show for like two years. I thought maybe uh, Ari could end up being a Skylar sister uh, on Broadway, mm. um, but this is obviously probably a little bit of a bitter, bigger break for her, and she could probably go in and do Hamilton uh, many other times, but this is obviously a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity for her. All right. Uh, so what the Constitution means to me confirms their Broadway plans. Are, are you going to talk about the Woolly Mammoth? Uh, I, don't, uh, I didn't read ahead. I did not include that, but we can definitely talk about that. But we've been telling you that this was going to happen for a while here now and hinting at it long before that. But what the Constitution means to me officially announced that it will be setting up shop at Broadway's Helen Hayes Theater this spring. And yesterday we found out officially when that will happen. Heidi Schreck will bring her show to the smallest Broadway house beginning performances on March 14th with an opening on March 31st. The show will be a 12-week limited run through June 9th and tickets are on sale now. Um, talking about Wooly Mammoth, James, as we've mentioned before, the what the Constitution means to me was scheduled to make a return trip to Washington, D.C.'s Wooly Mammoth Theater, uh, about, I mean, in a time that's overlapping with the Broadway run. Now, we've talked about this before, the fact that Heidi Shrek has hinted at the fact that this is not something that she intends to be just her show um, and that it is very much possible for other people to do this show. Um, so I would imagine that if Wooly Mammoth does not postpone this and maybe push it back into the summer or into the fall, that they will obviously have to find somebody else um, to play this part, even though it is Heidi's personal story. Uh, but we've seen lots of shows about people's personal stories being done by other folks. So um, I don't know what they're going to do. And maybe you've heard something that I haven't, but um, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I mean, we, we've seen like even something like title of show, other people have played parts that were the actual names of the people who did it originally. So I, I don't have a problem with that. I think it's great that other people will be able to do this show, but I don't know if Wooly Mammoth will want to wait until after the Broadway run or not. 
In uh, IBDB, they have uh, both Thursday Williams and Rosalind Cyprian, uh, who are the uh, young students that alternated uh, at least in New York Theatre Workshop. Mm-hmm. And they have uh, one understudy, uh, Ben Beckley, for, I guess, Mike Iverson. I don't think that Ben would understudy Heidi, but no. you never know. No. So uh, it looks like they're... It looks like they've taken everybody along for the ride, which yeah. is awesome. Yeah, and it's such a short um, preview period. Obviously, they've got a few months before they got two months from yesterday or when we're recording before they start performances. But they just finished their run, their extension and their transfer mm-hmm. run off Broadway. So I'm assuming it's a, just a, an easy move over to the slightly larger house. But what's most interesting for me, James, is the fact that right now they are currently scheduled to close on Tony Award weekend. Personally, I would imagine that Second Stage would want to have somebody in that Broadway space over the summer. Um, I wonder if they'll have a rental like Slave Play, which we know was trying to get in there, or maybe they'll wait and see how Superhero does off-Broadway to see if they want to bring that into their Broadway space over the summer um, or if they'll come up with something else. And that's, of course, assuming that what the Constitution means to me doesn't extend. But I would have to imagine that as big as that bill is and and, and everything that they had to fork over in terms of money to get a Broadway house, I can't imagine they're going to want to leave it dark during the summer months. Uh, now, it doesn't traditionally happen, but maybe, you know, do you think maybe uh, Fiasco's Merrily could uh, transfer because they have something right in back of the Merrily at, at Roundabout? Maybe. Um, I, I don't know. I Honestly, I... I, I hesitate to talk a whole lot about it just because no, I was no, at the I, very... I don't want you to review. I don't want you to yeah, review it. Right. Yeah, I, I'm just saying I don't see it being a commercial hit on Broadway. Hmm. Um, that's just my my opinion, and that's little. That's partially the show itself, but partially just because Merrily's never been a big uh, hit uh, financially on Broadway because it only ran for like a week uh, or one day or whatever it was. But um, I would think something like Slave Play would probably have a better chance. Or I, I think that there is a legitimate possibility to see what happens with Superhero. If it does well off Broadway, maybe they make a move uh, and transfer it into its Broadway space over the summer. All right. What happened in last week's Broadway grosses? Well, Unsurprisingly, now that we are completely clear of the holidays and following the early January closings, um, and not to mention, of course, the brutal, inhumane, uninhabitable cold that New York had last <laughs> week. Seriously, if I had to say, hey, Siri, what's the temperature outside? And she said, bit bit it's 22 degrees outside. I One more time, I was going to go jump in the Hudson and just end it there. But despite all of that, Broadway saw – and now <laughs> – will be 64 degrees and the low will be 46 thank degrees i thank hate you, you. yeah hate thank you, you siri yeah. 64 um, 46 yeah yeah anyway so um <laughs> uh, i've lost my train of thought yes here we go so broadway saw a nearly 15 percent decline last week to come in at just under 32 million dollars again it was four shows down than the previous week but only 11 of broadway's 32 shows saw week-to-week increases and they were led 
again, unsurprisingly, by Waitress, which welcomed back composer Sarah Bareilles and for the first time, Tony winner Gavin Creel last week. And the box office responded, picking up more than $433,000 to bring the show in at $972,520, including a not insignificant amount of my money, which was more than worth it because I was in the very front row on Sunday night. Um, The only other show to increase by six figures was Mike Birbiglia's The New One, which moved up $114,453 to come in at about $468K. It still has one more week in its Broadway run. The biggest decliners continued to be the tourist-friendly, mostly family shows. Wicked dropped over uh, $637,000. Lion King almost $620,000. Phantom was down almost 504k followed by Aladdin, Frozen, School of Rock, Cursed Child, Mean Girls, Hamilton, Kinky Boots in Chicago all declining anywhere from 446,000 to 174k. Now, despite Hamilton being in that biggest losers mix, it still led the way with 3,157,730 at 105.5% of its gross potential. Only Cursed Child was also above 2 million at 2.05. It was followed by The Lion King to Kill a Mockingbird. James, when was the last time that two straight plays were in the top four of the weekly grosses? Hmm. Like, I, I feel like if someone wants to go back and look at that, I would imagine it has been many, many years since that happened. But I could be wrong. Anyway, then there was Wicked, Frozen, Dear Evan Hansen, Mean Girls, Aladdin, The Book of Mormon, The Share Show Network, which only did seven performances last week as opposed to the previous eight, Come From Away and The Lifespan of a Fact, which closed out its Broadway run up more than $98,000. While the extra 5805 bucks that the prom picked up last week obviously isn't a massive amount, it was one of the few shows in the black at $623,623. Now, James, I would not be surprised if this was one of the shows, maybe even one of the few shows that actually received a bottom line benefit from Broadway con being in town. Um, obviously this is a show that is very much an insider beloved show, maybe not cracking through to the public at large, but very much. So the people in uh, the community that are going to come to Broadway con know of the show and have probably heard good things about it. They were also the only Broadway show at Broadway con that I saw that had their own booth that was regularly staffed and filled with the stars of the show. Um, Kiss Me Kate and Roundabout had a booth. Mean Girls had a booth. Um, Off Broadway, the other Josh Cohen had a booth, but not in the same thing here. But uh, the proms booth was right as you walked in the first floor of the marketplace. And every time I went by all week, they had another handful of two or three stars from the show signing autographs. So I thought was super smart, James. I don't know if that necessarily brought people into the theater this weekend, but I wouldn't be surprised if this is a show for a lot of reasons that actually got a bump from Broadway con where I don't think normally a lot of shows do. Yeah. I, you know, I think that they're preparing for subsidiary markets and other productions, uh, you know, after Broadway and national tours are wrapped up, uh, because I think that a lot of people would want to do the prom. I think it's it's a great show. It's phenomenal. Like, and I'm so impressed the more I think about it, having seen it on Friday night, like how well structured it is. It's not the best lyrics in the world. It's not the best melodies in the world, but it's a really strong show. And like you said, when you think about um, 
regional and, and educational theaters doing it. It's got a ton of parts too. Um, not just like the four Broadway people, the, the, the high school lesbian couple, but it's got a couple other high school parts. It's got the high school principal. It, I mean, it's got a substantial amount of principal and featured roles, which is very attractive to theaters outside of New York. All right. So what do we have in the recommendation section? Okay, I have two very different videos. The first, one of the big um, uh, panels or events at BroadwayCon over the weekend, it was on the very first day, was something called R&H Goes Pop. It had a number of stars singing uh, contemporary versions of Rodgers and Hammerstein's classics. Well, I didn't I didn't go to it because I was, uh, it was at the same time as I was heading out for a show. But apparently it was meant to kick off a series of YouTube videos by R&H and its new owner, Concord Music, um, that does kind of music videos of this very same thing. The first one was released yesterday in which Jeremy Jordan swings around on some uh, um, uh, what are the light um, oh, the things in the water where the ships don't crash in light tower. Like a buoy or? No, no, no. Like a big a lighthouse. Lighthouse. Um, plays around on a lighthouse and sings, oh, what a beautiful morning. Eh, maybe not my uh, favorite rendition of that, but that's not because of Jeremy. Um, but is that sexy, sexy Oklahoma? No, it was a com- <laughs> no. It was definitely. I mean, it's Jeremy Jordan, so I mean, I guess maybe. Yeah, um, but uh, very different rendition from what's in Sexy Oklahoma. But um, <laughs> you know, it was not exactly my favorite rendition. But I'm interested to see what they do with this uh, series. Um, Laura Osnes introduced it. Obviously, she is a beloved. R&H uh, person in a lot of different ways. So we'll see what happens with that. And then the other video that I want you all to watch uh, today was from the opening night curtain call of Hamilton in Puerto Rico. Lin-Manuel Miranda got up and spoke and thanked everybody who made that happen, not only the creative team, but also the folks in Puerto Rico. And then he welcomed out, you know, the the person who he said moved the most mountains to make this happen. And that was his father, uh, Luis Miranda, who came out and spoke um, primarily in Spanish, uh, actually. And uh, it's really it's really wonderful. Uh, I'm so pleased and thrilled to see this be successful down in Puerto Rico. And if you didn't know tonight, Tuesday night on Jimmy Fallon, Jimmy Fallon will be doing his entire show from Puerto Rico. It was actually taped over the weekend. Um, So if you want to set your DVR for later tonight, uh, make sure you do that. NBC. 11.35-ish, I think, is when it normally airs. So uh, Jillian with a G over at Hamilcast. She's uh, down there, isn't she? She is. Um, I've After five years of friendship with Jillian and her husband, Mike, I finally met Jillian in person this weekend. Um, her husband was upstate teaching. Uh, but I finally met Jillian, and we talked about she was she flew down to Puerto Rico on Monday, um, and she's going to do some Hamilcast stuff, not necessarily interviews because it's so crazy down there. It's going to be more like a personal journal for her and, and Mike uh, talking about their experience and going through it. She's going down. I think she's kind of like a guest of, I think, Alex Lacamoire, um, but it uh, should be a really cool experience. And I can't wait to hear all about it from Jillian uh, on the Hamilcast when she gets that episode out. Uh, did you have a uh, brush with greatness at uh, Fiasco, uh, Merrily? Oh, I did. I didn't. I didn't talk about that on the radio yet, did I? No. Um, so I went to the opening night, or not the opening night, the very first preview of the Fiasco Theater Company and Roundabout Theater Company's Off Broadway revival of Merrily We Roll Along. I was, you know, because I don't 
I, I, I pony up cash. If I'm going to buy a ticket to something, I want to sit in a good seat. So I was in like the fourth row on the aisle house, right. And I'm walking down at the Laura Pels, this, you know, fairly small theater. And I'm getting ready to turn the corner into my aisle to walk down. And I hear a very distinctive voice before I even see his head. And it was none other than Stephen Sondheim sitting on the aisle in the very last row. He was fortunately talking to people that I think he knew because he said, I'll have to talk to you about that later rather than a bunch of random fans coming up and bothering him. So I was happy about that. But um, Steve was in the audience uh, for, for Merrily. And actually, earlier that day, I went and saw Slave Play, James. And I didn't know this until I talked with uh, Oliver Henry Roth, who's one of the producers of Slave Play uh, on Sunday. Apparently, Whoopi Goldberg was in the audience that day as well. Um, a ton of um, celebs crashed into uh, Slave Play over the weekend. Madonna was there. Sondheim was there as well. So uh, Scarlett Johansson was there, I think. So uh, I had some brushes with greatness, but none more so than, of course, you, James. <laughs> and uh, you weren't there, but uh, there was uh, excitement over it. Beautiful. There, there was another one, yeah, to celebrate the fifth anniversary of Beautiful Carol King showed up uh, to to do a rendition of, oh, what did she do? Uh, I forget what song she did. I, I bet she, she's she one came of out every, of the curtain call. Yeah, and I, she did a song, but I don't remember what song she did. Yeah. Um, it might have been beautiful, actually, if, uh, but I'm not 100% sure. But celebrated the fifth anniversary of that show, and I'm so, yeah, you know, it's I, I I love this show one because I think it's it's good and it's fun and it's a uh, you know a lighthearted thing, but even more so because I love how people always assume it's going to close and then it just does super well when they aren't expecting it to. But um, I'm excited to see what Beautiful does for the rest of uh, uh, its sixth year and see see if they decide to go with some star casting again over the summer like they did with Melissa Benoist. Um, if if I'm if I'm going to go super Miss Cleo here, James. Uh huh. I'm going to say I have abs- I have less than zero inside information on this, but I would not be surprised if a woman who has some Broadway credits, some uh, some national touring credits, but more so some TV credits makes a Broadway return after a number of years as Carol King. Maybe this summer, maybe sometime in the future. And that woman's name is Vanessa Ray. Vanessa Ray currently stars uh, on the CBS TV show Blue Bloods, but she actually did all of the workshops for Beautiful before her TV career took off. She was on Pretty Little Liars and did a bunch of other stuff. She's on Blue Bloods now, one of the series regulars on Blue Bloods. She was obviously replaced by Jesse Mueller before it came to Broadway. I would not be surprised if at some point um, she ends up coming over to to Beautiful because the demographics for a CBS police procedural are probably the same demographics that are coming to see Beautiful on Broadway. So uh, that's no inside information, just projecting using my crystal ball, saying keep an eye on that. I wouldn't be surprised if that eventually happened. You're Oprahing it. What's the secret? I'm secreting. They're I'm secreting. secreting. I, You're envisioning look, I, it. I love Vanessa Ray. I have been a fan of hers for almost a decade. When she was out on the 25th annual Putnam County Spelling Bee National Tour, she was playing Olive. And also on that tour was Andrew Keenan Bolger. And that was when he kind of started his vlogging. And he did a ton of vlogs. um, And they were very close on that tour. So I became a fan of hers through Andrew Keenan Bolger's uh, YouTube vlogs. And they're still up. You can still see them. So. 
I, I would definitely be going back to see her if she went in it, just like I did with Melissa Benoist last summer. Uh, similar to the prom, I think that uh, you know when Beautiful wraps on Broadway and national tour, that lots of uh, regional and community theaters would love to do Beautiful. Mm-hmm. That's going to be a big one. And uh, we also hear that a new Judy Garland musical gets Liza's approval. <laughs> yeah, that's not easy. Liza to do. with a Z. Liza with a Z, not Lisa with an S, because Lisa with an S goes nuts. Uh, anyway, <laughs> I got that off the top of my head. Look at that. Yeah. Um, so, okay, last week there was an industry presentation for a new Broadway-bound musical called Chasing Rainbows, The Road to Oz. The show charts the life and career of Judy Garland from her start as a vaudeville sister act through her rise at MGM, eventually to winning the role of Dorothy and the Wizard of Oz. It doesn't go beyond the Wizard of Oz. Now, Garland's daughter, obviously Liza Minnelli, told Deadline, quote, My mother said that her biography is in her music, and now a talented creative team is using that music to tell the story of her early years and her extraordinary rise to fame. I'm grateful and happy they're telling the fascinating story of her early history. The show features a book by Mark Aceto, who wrote Allegiance and Dennis Jones will direct. The reading was led by Ruby Rakos, who was a replacement ballerina girl in Billy Elliot on Broadway. And then the aforementioned Andrew Keenan Bolger, um, he will be playing Mickey Rooney. Um, This is apparently what he walked out of rehearsal for when the equity strike was announced. So we mentioned that a week or so ago. Um, Also in the cast uh, is Broadway radio friend Karen Mason, Colin Hanlon, Daniel Reichard, Sally Wilford, Samantha Joy Perlman, and more. We will have the complete creative team in the cast from this most recent industry presentation in the show notes at broadwayradio.com. And now what I mentioned about the fact that this got Liza's approval, um, what's interesting about this is that this is the first stage film or television property about the life of Judy Garland to receive the endorsement of her estate. Now, we obviously know that anytime a show, a biography, anything, show, movie, book, uh, TV series, um, gets the approval of the estate. That doesn't always necessarily mean that it's better because they might not like some of the more difficult things. But I think, James, because this focuses on her early years, it won't get into some of the nastier stuff in Garland's life. Um, they have had previous developmental incarnations of the show at North Carolina's Flat Rock Playhouse and the Goodspeed uh, Opera House in Connecticut. But, James, what do you think? They, we've had Judy Garland stuff on Broadway before, um, End of the Rainbow with Tracy Bennett. What do you think that this focus on her life, do you think that this has the possibility to be a hit if and when it eventually comes to Broadway? You know, I've been so wrong about the other ones. I, I thought that the others were, were going to be big hits, and then they turned out uh, not to pull in the box office I expected. So uh, who knows? But, uh, you know, it seems that it's in, you know— it's in a uh, a workshop right now or being developed right now. Maybe it'll be ready in time for the Palace Theater to reopen. Oh, that would be uh, actually somewhat uh, cyclical. I, I think that if this is going to be a success, uh, no offense to Ruby Rakos, and I'm not sure I'm pronouncing her name right, but I, I think someone other than her, or not necessarily someone other than her, someone with a much bigger name recognition would have to play Garland. Like, I think that's a role Gaga. that I... I think she would be incredibly wrong for that role, Um, (laughs) especially because this is in her early years. Um, Not that Gaga's old, just Mm. uh, anyway. Um, I I think you would have to get something of a star to make this a financial 
success on Broadway. Again, I could be wrong. Maybe it goes the nonprofit route. But um, I would think if you're going to do this, you, you need to, to bulk up that star role uh, with somebody who's going to bring in some people beyond just for the attraction of Judy Garland's name. All right. So uh, before um, we get out of here for the day, um, do you think maybe at the uh, at the next big Broadway opening night party, it'll be like, uh, you know, catered by McDonald's? morons like just you own a ho- you own a hotel like a mile away that has a restaurant just what are you freaking doing oh, man and seriously there's a shake shack like less than a mile from the white house at least spring for shake shack man come on <laughs> poor clemson but no i'm they not work so <laughs> they I'm work so a, hard to beat alabama i'm not a <laughs> clemson or a Dabo sweeney fan but uh that's neither here nor there <laughs> All right. Once you get us out of here. All right. Thanks for listening to Today on Broadway. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter at Broadway Review. And you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at BWWMatt. If you have no idea what Matt and I were just talking about, I guess we'll throw a link to that in the show notes. But my name is James Marino from BroadwayRadio.com and BroadwayStars.com. Thanks for spending some of your Tuesday with us. And uh, Matt and I will come back and talk with you tomorrow. 